1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: Buzz! 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 Welcome into a May edition of At the Buzzer, off season, hardcore edition. I am Jack Barsh, one co host. Over there is Sam, another co host. And in case you didn't know, we're a CU podcast. We cover a bunch of CU news across all sports as much as we can. Lovely uh, energy today. Coming in, man. Shout hey, shout out to women's soccer. Got eliminated the first round of the NCAA tournament.
1: We got that. I sport. would wear I would wear a Hannah Sharks jersey if they <laughs> sold it. She would be the big winner I of so NIL. Bad. She would be the big winner. I know. Like she could advertise maybe Tapto Bismo. I don't know. She is. Um, it would be a great time. I think she's another proof. Show. I have a rule where I feel
0: like if you have a, uh, a wacky name like that, no offense, Hannah, yeah. um, that you have to either be like the worst kid in high school or like the, the most popular kid in high school. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a crucible. If like you're growing up and your name is Dick Butkus, like there's no option for <laughs> you to be anything other than a gigantic linebacker.
1: I think we take it for granted that one of the most famous athletes in American history is named Dick Butkus. I know. And
0: has an award
1: named after him. Yes, and I just love it so much. I love weird names. And I, as a segue into the NFL draft maybe, Last year I wrote the best names of the NFL draft and found a player at every position. I had mm-hmm. so much fun with the quintessence sequences of the world. Yes, this year. I didn't do that because there weren't that many names. It was it no. didn't speak to me. Um, but we did have Will Sherman. One of the most boring names in the draft drafted. fifth. Wow. O- it's pretty boring. Depending Unless on you the want, context. Like, what Sherman's March down the field on the right. O-line. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, he got drafted to the Patriots fifth round so that means he's going to be a six time pro bowler <laughs> Um, he'll probably so he played right tackle and left tackle at CU he's probably moving inside to guard or center mm. but he has uh, like they're going to move him around wherever they need him to be he's going to be like a depth swing tackle for them so that's actually pretty <laughs> exciting because he's going to play and they'll, they'll develop him to a good player. So I'm glad he didn't go to, like, I don't know. I was going to say the Jaguars, but that's where LaVisca went, so I need to watch myself. But I'm glad he went to a team that actually develops players. Um, Yeah, and LaVisca is going to get mm-hmm. a lot more n- catchable balls because I watched too many Jaguars games last year because of LaVisca and because I had DJ Shark in my fantasy uh, league. That's a good name. And yes, it is. And Gardner Minshew is really bad and that offense was horrendous. And so I'm happy that LaVisca will actually have a competent quarterback because I was on the Minshew train early and it went off the rails real quick.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just glad that Lavisca's used to not playing with an offensive line. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the Jaguars lack of an offensive line helps in there. You know, so, yeah, I, Will Sherman got drafted. The best comment I saw was, was that the Patriots are really sticking to the the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead by drafting a man named Will Sherman, <laughs> uh, who famously, historically, a man named Will Sherman led a
1: pretty brutal march all the oh, way wait, to Atlanta. Oh, wait, that guy's name was Will Sherman, too?
0: William Tecumseh Sherman, yeah.
1: Oh, I had no idea that that was his first name. Okay, yes. that was, that's much better. Yes. 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 Okay, I see it now.
0: Damn excellent <laughs> uh which is a good comment and i i'm happy that he's going the patriots have been good to the buffs over the past 20 years
1: um yeah a lot of them and the packers there's a lot of C yeah. players. and the worst team to the buffs lately the broncos oh i don't worry
0: i saw that uh they decided to trade up to draft a running back when they like go over for pro (laughs) bowler you know whatever Uh, who who knows why do we even care about that team it's um
1: i'm upset they drafted melvin gordon or they signed melvin gordon in the first place um other other draft news mustafa johnson was Mm -hmm. not drafted he has not even signed yet as an undrafted free agent um our very own jeff hauser has reported that he is working out with the jets Mm -hmm. but there's some medical issues with Mustafa that appeared to be why he was not drafted in the first place.
0: Yeah. Which is, I guess, number one look at us. We're a journalistic bastion now breaking (laughs) news. Jeff's always
1: broken news for us. He's always been this good inside scoop. That guy knows everybody. I have John Stockton in my phone because (laughs) that guy has everybody's phone number. And I just, yeah. And we, and we love Jeff.
0: Um, I'm kind of heartened, I guess that it's not a production issue or like a size issue for Mustafa.
1: It's also a size issue. Cause like you take a chance on these guys who do have the size, but he, he does.
0: Yeah. But I, I think it's good that it's a hopefully resolvable medical thing that kicked him out of money. Basically. I don't really care if he he sticks around. I want him to get retirement money in his first contract, you know, like, Will yeah. Sherman right there just made millions of dollars, I think. Uh, right? Or what's the sixth round? I don't really. know what the scale is. God, the it's NBA underpays, pay, under- NFL underpays.
1: Yeah, no, the NFL, you don't actually make that much money unless you are like a regular contributor in the NFL. Like, those fringe players, um, like those practice squad players who play like, who are on the bench for like three games a year or something, they might make like 60K a year, which Jeez. sounds great, but. They have no job certainty. They uh, can get cut at any moment. They have to move around apartments, like shit like that. And they have to like buy yeah. people things because they're in the NFL. Um, You're
0: not saying the worst part. I don't know. I would not do a job for $60,000 yes. where any rep at that job, anytime I open a spreadsheet, I have a chance of a life-ending CTE injury, like a, a concussion
1: that just ruins oh. my life. Well, I mean, you could probably, Jack, you could probably tear your ACL checking a spreadsheet, so... <laughs>
0: which one the metal one I've I've been told that's not impossible it's not impossible to tear my medically repaired one so jokes on you I only have one available um well I'm trying to think of any good names in the NFL draft now you got me thinking this year and it's it was super boring I did not watch any of it I'm very proud of myself for doing that um and I thought I wasn't gonna and then
1: I watched the end of the first round because I'm a coward and I was bored it is good bored fodder um yeah, like but I said, only watched for like 25 minutes.
0: I'm, I'm just glad that LaVisca is going to get a, a legit quarterback for what appears to be the first time in his career. I don't know what – I guess DeSoto, I school out of one, but it's been a while, and I'm glad that he gets to shine. Um,
1: Best name, best name, Rashad Wild Goose. What about Isaiah Loudermilk? Also, yes, Isaiah with two H's. Was a, was a CU
0: recruit briefly once upon a time before you blew up?
1: Oh, shit. I'm so sorry to hear
0: you. He I'm trying to think oh. of any other CU recruit connections that we missed, and there there isn't much that, that got drafted right away. I also don't know of any Colorado kids that got drafted. The NFL draft is boring all around this year.
1: Yeah, it, it was also a smaller player pool than ever before, I think, uh, because so many players came back for college, and so many players exercised that mm. extra year of eligibility or just transferred if they felt like they needed to go. So I I think that this was just a less deep, less talented mm. uh, class. Shimmy Fahoko, great name. That guy's going to be good. I like that guy. He played good well against day. CU. Uh, Diamador Lenoir, great name. I see you recruit once upon a time as well. Yes, Thomas, Thomas Graham, I
0: see you recruit once upon a time. Oh, I did not know that. The whole yeah, the whole Oregon draft class. If you remember, actually, this is old school drama. If if we go back three coaching staffs and two coaching staffs now, Jim Levitt when, coaching
1: our recruits.
0: Yes, and it, past that, it was when Jim Leavitt was hired by Oregon at defensive coordinator by CU. He he took Charles Clark with him. If you remember, Charles Clark, who played for Mike McIntyre at Ole Miss, was our cornerbacks coach for the twenty sixteen like beautiful secondary year. And then when Levitt was hired at Oregon, he poached Charles Clark because he's like, oh, we'll, we'll just recreate a success in the secondary. And then he found out pretty quickly that Charles Clark was not the reason <laughs> that the 2016 secondary was as good as they were. Uh, but he did take Diomedo Lenoir and uh,
1: Thomas Graham with him. Damn. Too bad. Um, moving on. What else we got? Uh, spring game. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Excuse I- Spring showcase. Sorry, we only had six linemen, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't play a game. Nope. Um, and one of those linemen is gone now. Um, two, actually, but yes. Two of those six linemen are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not watch this game. Mm-hmm. I had better things to do on a Saturday morning, like wake up and go to work. That was a Friday I, Yeah, Friday morning, 9 a.m. That was a Friday morning. I don't know what day anything is. I... Okay, here's the bad thing. I had jury duty and I missed it because I literally just didn't even think about it. And I forgot that I had to go. And I didn't remember Ow. until a week later. But it's okay. I don't have a word for my rest. I just have to get postponed. Mm. So, I, yeah, I, like I, I have been out of it today, this week.
0: Man. I guess, you know what? I haven't done Jury duty either because I was selected and supposed to go in March of 2020. And for some reason, that didn't end up oh. happening. I wonder why. Um, It's not too much. I've never got a callback. So I did watch this um, because I love seeing Folsom in all its glory whenever I can. So... I was not below this or above this, unlike some people on this podcast. And um, there wasn't I, like, okay. So like every other spring game, there's not much you can glean. That's legit. It's fun to see people shine, but you know, you're still playing against yourself. Unlike every other spring game, there's even less when you're not actually playing against yourself. You're just doing drills and and glorified two minute drills against, against yourself. So I believe the the first touchdown of the day was scored by Jaylee Lee Stacks out of all the running backs. That's
1: obviously not going to happen in, in the real season. Um, nice um, I would say Brian Howell had a positions battle article that published today, mm. and Jaylee Lee Stacks was on there as a potential touchdown poacher.
0: I I think he could be a vulture, sure, yeah, but...
1: <laughs> he's not going to do a whole drive. Yeah, we we don't have a. He's not Lendell White.
0: No, exactly. Uh, not yet.
1: Call out his own
0: Lendell White. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of takeaways or anything. And and like you mentioned, Adam Monster and Brian Howell both stalwart reported to the Buffs were there in person. Both um, took, I'm sure, diligent notes and had plenty of things taken away from this.
1: Yeah, um, and we were gonna have Adam, but he got stuck with jury duty this week. A lot of and trials so, going on, so, man. So he'll What's be going... he'll be on the pod next week or another time in the future. So I don't know. We will get him. Who are these? He'll, perps he'll give us causing good all these trials. Um, I think it's that they can finally have juries now.
0: Mm.
1: That's probably it. That seems like a Boulder County deal. Also, would have been funny if I had I actually showed up to jury duty and me and him were on the same trial and. <sighs> be asking him all kinds of questions then i'd have some content for the pod there you go well
0: so yeah spring showcase was i mean you got to see two people with scholarships curtis appleton curtis appleton matt lynch were both awarded which is great to see old walk-ons both natives both colorado natives appleton with the cherry creek matt lynch with the legacy great to see them get scholarships against each other that was pretty sweet but um I don't know. You could try to take quarterback notes. It was the first time we got to see J.T. Shroud, Legit J.T. Shroud, in the Colorado Union. Threw a touchdown
1: while fading off his back foot.
0: Yes, which Brian Howell made to mention multiple times. <laughs> Gary Barnett liked what he saw, I guess, from J.T. Shrout. Um, mm-hmm. At this point...
1: Wait, the throwing off his back foot thing?
0: No, or in general. He, he, he okay. thinks that J.T. Shroud is the, the clubhouse leader.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I have such a bias against big quarterbacks with cannon arms. I just think that... Oh, my God. The Wizards almost just won on a half-court heave. Okay. well, Full-court heave. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry. I don't mean to be watching Garrison Matthews playing. But, so, yes.
0: Um, I, I guess you say you have a bias against... Mainly, this is where I'm at still, is until we get to see live bullets or fall camp where they actually have, like, full personnel i don't think I, my bias is always going to be for a running quarterback so i'm always going to say go yeah, brendan lewis um until i see jt shroud like blow my mind and sam norris coming yeah. back in the fall camp
1: too i i grew up with michael vick and dennis dixon that's my favorite quarterback oh so wow dennis have, dixon yeah i have a i have a bias
0: we got to see some good things from Brendan Lewis. I don't, I don't know if he. I think he missed one pass. Um, but he was, he was pretty solid. Not doing crazy throws or anything. Um, pretty solid moving the offense up and down. A few other notes that you're going to see elsewhere on the internet, but we wanted to call him out. Lavonte Chenault, still a crazy good athlete. Um, made some nice grabs. He just looks like he's running at a different speed. Brendan Rice, I believe, is still held out because of his his hand issue. Um. But the, the receiving core, we all knew, was going to be really good. Um, they look pretty stacked again this year, um, even in, without Katie Nixon. Running backs similarly stacked. Broussard, um, Clayton looked pretty good in carries. Alex Fontenot looked like he was running hard. And Joe Davis looks like a kind of a sledgehammer. I don't know how much Joe Davis is going to play in the year, but they all ran pretty well. Um Tight end, you're going to see some attrition coming up, probably. But overall, I liked the athletes we saw. I thought Fourier looked nice. Um, Keith Miller, depending on what you call him, wide receiver, tight end. He looks like a big target that's worth giving the ball to. Um, And obviously, Matt Lynch is still there. But I I think there's going to be a big shakeup in that
1: room. Um, The tight end room? Yes. Well, it's Brady Russell and then everybody else, right?
0: Yeah, but right now I think we still have 12 scholarship. No, 12 tight ends total.
1: Like six scholarships. Yeah. Most of those guys are walk-ons. Um, also, Brian Howell mentioned in that article that they're expected to have some attrition. That's right, yeah. So Before fall, yeah.
0: Anyways, I think that you saw they're still going to use the tight end heavily this year like you did last year until Brady went down. Um, Demetri Stanley got like, a little woozy after he hit the wall. Looks to be okay. And then I think the last note I had was front defensively, front seven wise. Naim Rodman is going to play a lot of minutes, which is totally ear snaps, which is totally fine too. Um, and Joska Gustav apparently is is looking pretty good at the other linebacker spot opposite. Carson yeah, I was. saw that. That's exciting. I was not expecting anything from him, so seeing that come in is is great. You know, we have guys like Guy Thomas out there and Jamar Montgomery who kind of move around. Great athletes, but it's nice to see that Gustav took the reins as much as you as as way more than I thought. So um, that position is still going to get shaken up. Robert Barnes looked like a great athlete in the middle from Oklahoma, and Jack Lamb is still coming in. Um, so I don't know. It's I it's hard to take a lot away from this.
1: A sean Clayton stole the team. That's yes. nice.
0: Still running hard. He's probably going to be the number two back. He looks the part. He likes Boulder um, now.
1: So the number two back, what does that mean for Fontenot or Broussard?
0: Um, if I had to guess, and that's, that's the thing is, I don't know about Fontenot. Fontenot is still really solid. But if I had to guess on the the carry breakdown, I think they, they're not going to run Broussard as much as they did last year. So I think he's going mm. to be solid. Yeah, they ran him at, to the ground. Yeah. I think he's going to try to be in that 15 to 20 range with a few touches out of the backfield catching. Um, so maybe like 20 touches a game for Broussard. And then I would put Clayton at like 12 touches a game and Fondno at like eight touches a game, depending on the okay. the game flow. And we're going to run the ball a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with a new quarterback. Or, well, with Neuer, yeah. or with Neuer playing as a fullback quarterback.
0: Past that, I think our offensive line is much more comfortable run blocking at this point than pass blocking, especially with our tackles as just
1: screwed as they are right now. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Frank Phillip, he's like the, he started at right tackle last year. Um, The assumption has been he'll move over to the left side, but he tore his labrum and has missed the spring. Um, Right tackle is a complete guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks like, it looks like, with the transfer of two guys, Valentine Sen, and then I'll pull up the other guy unless you remember.
0: Nico Puahu
1: Yes, they both transferred. So that means CU has two openings on the offensive line and they're probably gonna look for transfers. They already got It's not probably ne- they are looking for transfers. Yeah, I, I, I was I don't want to mm-hmm. report on anything. Um they're definitely gonna try to bring in two guys they they already brought in Noah Fenske from Iowa
0: as a mm-hmm. redshirt
1: freshman but again like freshman. so I don't know how ready he is to compete
0: so he was in this too deep in Iowa which is obviously like a way better offensive line any yeah, year, year than we year. are so he was but that was at center um he played tackle in, in high school and he can kind of swing around he's just a great piece to bring in but to your point I think that's a place they identify that what they have on the roster now doesn't fit what they want. And they're they're really looking for bodies that can fit what they want on the outside. I, I mean, right tackle probably Jake Wiley if the, the uh, depth chart stands as it is, but there's no possible way that it stands as it is right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it.
1: Um, yeah, and then like at guard, we still have like Casey Roddick was hurt, but he'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance Lytle was so last year but he's like again hurt. nasty broken leg mm-hmm. um he may he'll probably be healthy by the fall but i mean he'll be recovering he'll be back. still and um, i mean it's hard to come back from that type of injury right away
0: mm-hmm.
1: austin johnson also
0: hurt in the middle um will be playing in the fall
1: colby purcell probably will get hurt at some point <sighs>
0: <laughs> Talk about a guy who's been here for like 80 years. That dude has been the starting center at the beginning How of the year. How come Tim Lynott didn't come back? Oh, I miss Tim Wynott. What a solid guy. Yeah, he's very large and very happy. So, interior into line, I'm not worried about at all. I, I think that's why we're going to try to run down the middle like we did last year a lot. And mm-hmm. I think they're really, really pushing for people that can contribute right away on the transfer market. which There's still plenty of dudes out there. You know, this is this is the year to go
1: for it. Yeah, the one-time transfer uh, thing, that's that's huge. I mean, I, obviously, that'll be open uh, in the future, but everybody is transferring right now. That's like what we're seeing with basketball. Just like mm-hmm. so much. Also, not to transition too fluidly, do we know where Maddox Daniels is going yet?
0: He's, He's not pursuing back, business he?
1: opportunities. Oh, good for him. Mm-hmm. Yep, good for everyone. Good for everyone, yeah. Um, CU, they they have their 13 scholarship athletes. Yes, and none of them are are, seniors coming back, right? We had zero
0: seniors return.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. So, Jariah Horn transferred back to Tulsa, which is super weird, because I've never seen somebody transfer back to where they came from. Um, Deshaun transferred to George Mason, where... Nate Tomlinson and Kim English are on staff and are immediately poaching CU targets. Um, <laughs> then where else? Who else am I missing? Dallas Walton to Wake Forest.
0: Yes. So happy for him. That's going to be awesome. Wright.
1: McKinley Wright, the professional basketball. Yep. Alex Strotting. I don't know where he is. I would assume business opportunities as well. Um, yeah, I thought he would like go to one of those like Ivy League schools to just play it for a year and get like a master's or something because he yeah. would do that maybe i could see it but um yeah so cut to the chase and just get down <laughs> to the roster yeah the buffs now that all those seniors are going they are bringing in a ton of young guys okay the, i'm kind of selling this but keep going no, no, Sorry, your they're bringing in the best recruiting class in CU basketball history. Thank you. That happens to be first of the Pac-12 yep. and even better, eighth in the country. Yep. Never has Eight this happened. in the country. That, that one. Yes.
0: I, it's just. I,
1: yes. What do you even four, do with that? Four players in uh, the top 122 or whatever for 24-7 sports. <laughs> Well, they only, Um, they cut it
0: off right there because Javon Ruffin is with 122nd. He is the first player, not a four-star. So he's the highest ranked three-star in the country. Oh, really? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, so this is fucking stacked. And even then, that doesn't even count Mason Faulkner coming in from Western Carolina as a ready-made point guard Mm -hmm. who will probably start.
0: Well, not even probably. It, yeah. It, not okay. Yeah. So great intro. Great segue. You're a professional at this. Um, I'm going to go in really hot and say that number uh, one, this is going to be the most talented roster that CU Basketball's ever had, period. I'm just that. That is, it is. I just, there hasn't ever been, on paper at least, a team this stacked. I the worst recruit that's gonna get time next year is what? Eli Parquet,
1: right? Oh yeah, recruit. Yeah. Um. Here, let me pull up. I'm trying to think. My, maybe
0: Tristan De Silva. If you want to count well, that, well,
1: Mason, Mason Faulkner would be the worst high school recruit on paper, right? Which is on still paper like, because yeah, he went to yeah. Northern Kentucky and then Western Carolina. So
0: I, um, I guess yeah. yeah. And She's Tristan on, De
1: Silva was unranked.
0: But, that, I mean, Germany, different Tennessee's
1: things. He's international, yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. let's – I'm just going to take a over 30000 for a few. It doesn't really work like yeah. this with basketball because there's so few scholarships. So you're planning like two years out for when your seniors graduate. But if we just do straight departures, you have all-time best top three player in Colorado basketball history, irreplaceable point guard, floor general, everything leader, gone, departing. Yeah. You have a steady veteran hand at small forward who can give you points, who's good in the clutch, can defend and rebound. Gone, right? Shorts, yeah. Yes. You have a, a sixth man who would have been sixth man of the year, but he started too many games, who is a shot maker, great on the rebound, great on the boards, provided veteran leadership, got his own shot, right? Dryer yeah. Horn, you got it. You had a center who could – Protect the rim. Great story. Like, kind of protect the rim. Could shoot the lights out. Good offensive <laughs> player.
1: Yeah, he had a nice start to the season. We love, we love having Dallas Walton as a personality. We love his dad even more. Yeah. Um, from a ba- pure basketball perspective, it's you can upgrade from right. There. And it's- then
0: finally, we had a we had a Gunner who took a lot of threes and made a lot of threes this year and really improved on defense. But still, at the end of the day, his, his main contribution was shooting threes. Right. I don't have
1: one lasting memory of De- Daniels Daniels? basketball. I right. can't remember a single shot he made, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, like he never had a signature of like Levi Knutson saving the day. Or, not, like or even Schwartz
0: twice, three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, twice. So, Yeah, two um, buzzer
1: beaters for Schwartz. I
0: say all this to say this is a massive loss year for CU basketball. Yeah. Generally, what you're looking at is like, this is going to be a rebuild. You're losing so much of what made the last few years great, right? Yeah. And then I look at what Tad did this off season, and I'm saying, I we're not gonna look. I'll just get it out of the way. We're not gonna be better than we were last year, but like no. this team is going to compete for attorney bid really easily, and is gonna set up way to, to in two years, maybe three years, to to go way further than where we did last year. And that's yeah, insane so we're to me. Seeing, that's insane to me.
1: We're seeing a uh, a transition here, where the worst case scenario is that they are on the NCAA bubble.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about this all because there's a brand new, there's an addition that has happened since the last time we talked, um, with a a new signee, KJ oh, yeah. Simpson, who decommitted from Arizona. Um, there's I I can go into this recruitment later, but that's why we're bringing this up. And if you look overall at, at who they've added, like you mentioned, you're not going to replace McKinley Wright, but getting a sixth-year senior at point guard who can get his own shot, who's run a team for the past four years, and uh, who was wanted by the national champions is a really good start.
1: Like that's a really good way yeah, to fill yeah. those minutes. So Baylor was targeting him until they replaced him with who did they get him? It- well, Sorry. he wasn't
0: going to play as much as he was here because they were replacing yeah. Jared Butler by committee there. So they got a few different okay. transfers at once and he saw more playing time. And see who years.
1: pops off. Yeah. Okay. Like Maceo Teague did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways,
0: um, uh, just the talent level added this offseason is crazy. I just want to make sure that we talk like, Give it the credence that's it's due. The worst player in this class on paper is Julian Hammond, who's nationally yeah. ranked at 233, would be the co-headliner in some Rodney Billups-led CU recruiting classes way back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I mean, he's a classic Taz taking the best player in the state player. Like, it was just like that you got to get the number one player in Colorado. And that that's Julian Hammond, who also is going to be a, like a cla- – a, what you want out of a backup guard, defends well, shoots well, doesn't turn the ball over. Boom. That's, you, mm-hmm. You'll live with that all day. And that's like the, the floor. The rest of these players are like, that's the third man. Right. Exactly. Everyone else in this class is going to start at some point pretty quick at CU, which is like, you don't hit like that. Most of the time. It's crazy. Oh, I just love it. I'm just so excited. And all this because KJ Simpson also is, is joining the fray.
1: Yeah, and he is a top 100 guard, real smooth, gets to a really pretty jumper, really easy. Sixth highest
0: all-time recruit for CU.
1: Yeah, um, it looks like he uh, is a good team basketball player. Arizona was, like, Sean Miller was hard on him. And then once he decommitted from there because of uh, Sean Miller got fired, they replaced him with Tommy Lloyd. It was like a mutual parting, I think. Yeah, they don't fit the same Um, offense. Yeah. 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 Oregon was fighting her for him and CU fought off Oregon. So uh, more than
0: that, like UCLA, if Johnny Juzang didn't come back, UCLA was going to go for him, but Johnny, Wait, I thought Johnny Juzang left. He declared, but he kept his eligibility. So I'm pretty sure he's gone though. Well, regardless, they didn't have a scholarship. They could um, okay, okay. go around. Okay, yeah. KJ Simpson was like every single team in the PAC 12 was after him. Arizona state was going really hard. Um, Utah, obviously, but, you know, who's going there? Washington, like, everyone was. So, yes, keep going. Sean Miller, decommitted, uh, fired. Tom Lloyd and him, mutual parting of ways. Tad Boylan, just a picture.
1: Yes. Um, promise minutes to this young guard. Say, we dra- we developed Spencer Ditty. We developed, Kenley Wright. right. We have so many NBA guards just from, like, three stars. Now imagine what we can do with, like, a top 80 guard who's ready to play. Um, he might end up winning a starting job. I don't know. Um, I know you like. His I don't know. Lot, so no, why? Don't no, no, you... no. Okay. So I was also very high on Nick Clifford. So I'm gonna chill out before I start projecting <laughs> freshman guards because I don't. I don't know. We we didn't know what McKinley Wright would do until he was on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea who's gonna start. Um, I know Evan Batty's gonna start. There you go. Elay Parquet. Yep. And then probably Mason Faulkner, mm-hmm. probably Jabari Walker. And okay. then I don't know who's going to start, who would be the fifth starter. Well, so why I, would I KJ
0: think... start? I guess like I'm I'm asking you to like, why do you think he has that ability coming in?
1: So if the buffs go with a three guard starting lineup, like I think they will with Eli Parquet playing the, Mm -hmm. nominal small forward just because that's because they don't have that many players on the front court. They have four forwards on the roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if they do three guard lineup, it would be Mason Faulkner as like the downhill pick and roll guard and Eli Parquet as like the as the Eli Parquet defense cutting three pointers Mm -hmm. type of deal. Um, After that, it really just depends what you want. Like if you want another floor spacer uh, who's not going to be good at defense, you go with Quincy Allen. If you want someone who can go get a bucket, you probably pick Keyshawn Bartholomew. And then if you want someone who can play like great defense, uh, yeah. m- get everything going on, you probably put Tristan Da Silva in there and just be- start bigger and then go smaller later. Um, or you can get somebody who has a good feel for the game, shoots a bit, play makes a bit, can score a little bit. Like, I, I just think KJ Simpson was probably... He seems like a happy medium between a lot of these players.
0: Yeah, so I guess I was... Yeah, I was trying to get to the, the his game breakdown. Um, sure, I don't know quite it very well.
1: I don't... Yeah, go ahead.
0: I think... He, number one, he's one of the more polished scoring guards that's, that Tad Boyle's ever recruited coming out of high school. Um, I don't, this might conjure bad memories, but, um, I, <laughs> I think Iskia Booker is another one that had a similar offensive bag like immediately coming into college. Um, and also kind of similar frame. I think KJ's a little bit taller, but, um, you know, he's a three-level scorer like now. He's Shamanaz mm-hmm. High School's newly minted first 2000-point scorer. Started all four years. He's getting oh, double-teamed shit. every game. Um, you know, he the, a guy he keeps reminding me of and I think Sean Miller signed him for this too. Do you remember Nick Johnson in Arizona?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have trauma from him.
0: Right. I don't think he's going to be pac 12 player of the year was he twice that, like Nick Johnson was. Um, maybe, but it's similar game where he can shoot and he will shoot, but he's also going to try to take it to the rim every single time if he can. And he's going to succeed a lot of the time. So KJ Simpson, to me, his best ability is he finishes so well, both hands, crazy off balance finishes. And he's just used to that. Um, so Mm -hmm. I think he knows how to get to a shot. He can shoot the mid range. He can pull up with a floater. Um, He's not like McKinley or Faulkner or Bartholomew even, where he's going to pass (laughs) when he gets there. I
1: think he's absolutely going to look to score number one. Um, Okay, so I think that when you watch like a four minute highlight package with an eighteen year old kid, you kind of see what you want to see. And I, I guess I wanted to see a guard who does a little bit of everything.
0: Well, I think he can pass. I think he has that ability.
1: Um, I just, I just can't confidently say anything about his game, because so, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know the kid.
0: Yeah. So let me uh, add a little more context too, if for people, please also, if you want even more CU stuff, we give you Adam, we give you Brian, we give you us. If you want more, please go to Justin Guerrero, uh, who's a very nice man, mm-hmm. runs the Colorado Rivals site. He had a great interview with um, KJ Simpson's basketball uh, high school basketball coach head coach about why he chose CU um, what he's like, you know, all this stuff and some of it, why the, the reason he was on him early. So this is some of the backstory is Oregon did not recruit him prior to his signing in Arizona, right? Colorado did his original top three. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember who the third was, but it was Arizona, Colorado. And I think UCLA was the original top three, maybe. Maybe it's Arizona State. But um, out of those three, he signed to Arizona. And this coach is saying part of the reason he came to back to CU when Arizona and him had a parting of ways is because Bill Greer, who is the, the main recruiter on it, and Tab Boyle were the same dudes when he decommitted or when he signed to Arizona as they were when they were recruiting him. So number one, Tab Boyle, great recruiter, and his best – it's still his best attribute continues to be that he's just like an honest dude. And that's apparently so rare that people are like, wow, he's honest, you know, but uh-huh. so they basically just said he came back. Cause tab Boyle was like the same guy. All three times he talked like ev- in every phase of like first recruitment after the signing and second recruitment. Um, and he also said that the reason Tab was on the early is because he obviously like works hard on defense, um, that's the number one requirement for tab oil guards is they got a guard. And then yeah. um, that he boards. So obviously huge for tab oils a, a guard rebounding. So to your point, I think he does do a little bit of everything. I think he plays defense. I think he rebounds. I just think on offense, he's, he's going to look, at least right now, he's going to look to score before he does anything else.
1: So you would probably rather him as like a sixth man in that case.
0: Well, it depends on what he comes in as, but this is why I'm so excited too, and this is uh, so coincidentally great. Is a, depending on COVID, CU gets to have a overseas trip this year. Um, mm. So I think it's once every four years they get to do this, and they did that before McKinley's freshman year, and before and during and before Josh Scott's freshman year, I believe, for the last two times. Um, and it just super helps the chemistry like it, it just makes it you know if you're playing extra basketball over the summer like legit organized basketball is obviously going to help you get a kickstart um and with so many new faces i'm excited to see what that shows us um sounds like if you read a pat rooney article that they're going to go to either puerto rico or um canada <laughs> which makes sense this year yeah um i'd love to see him against mcgill university up in canada just just dunk on those dudes well, you know who'd be happy with that is Keyshawn Bartholomew, who's from Montreal. That's right. That's right. Um, um, but anyways, I'd I love to see what he comes in as. I just know he's... It's going to be hard to take him off the floor because he's just so polished compared to what we usually see from from prep guards coming to Colorado. Like, think about how long it took... Park, Like, Nick Clifford's a great example, you know? That guy's going to be good somewhere. Um, it just takes him a long time because he's coming from 3A basketball in Colorado. KJ Simpson's playing high level California basketball now and and doing it in a way that's not like I'm just bigger and
1: stronger than everyone. You know, he's ready to play. Yeah, he's skilled. Yeah, exactly. Because you so, Yeah, it's it's hard to like be a top Hundred recruit as a guard without elite athleticism unless you're just really good at basketball. This so, isn't a toolsy no. prospect that they're trying to develop.
0: That's a good way to put it. It's not like a Tyler Bay, like, look at what he can be. You know, it's look at what he is now and also what he can be. I will say, he's going to dunk more than any other guards we have. Mm-hmm.
1: He, he likes to yam on people. Um, I mean, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that he's not, like, but he's, yeah, an exactly. athlete. He's not Hamadou Diallo. Right. That's a great,
0: another great analogy. Yeah, where it's jumping out of the gym. Anyways, I'm just so excited. I think it was a great look at the whole of this class great um slot in of number one guards in college basketball super needed but if you look at the breadth of guards we got we got four completely different guards you know you yep. got mason faulkner for general javon ruffin who's kind of like kyle anderson i don't even know what you call it, like calm He's down kyle shooter. anderson
1: kyle anderson is the one of a kind <laughs>
0: He's bigger and he's slower, um, and he shoots
1: really well. He's a big guard who likes who meanders to a spot. Maybe Andre Miller. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> um, and then he got a athletic like quarterback, dual sport athlete, defender, shooter, just great like utility Competitor. bench player. Right, you you could put him on there for ten minutes. He's gonna help you win. Uh, and then you got a dude who just gets buckets. And, like, that's that's a great mix of guys. Um, and the nice thing about K.J. Simpson, too, is he's not going to be a one. In, like, he's he's a great prospect, but he's not one of those, like, get out right away prospects,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Quincy Allen, too, could be qualified as a guard. I um, purposely
0: but... did not choose to put him yeah. in there because I think he's his size puts him in the three
1: category. Like well, six foot seven, yes, he'd be, yeah. Yeah. Um, do, do you think Quincy Allen can play a lot right away? So
0: that's another fun thing about this class is adding that if you add past the guards, you also have a super skilled best center recruit you ever had past David Harrison. Um, and then you add a dude like Quincy Allen who just fills it up effortlessly. Um, I think he'll play next year easily. I, I, we, we discussed this off air, but I think he has a chance to start depending on how much Tad values size. And past mm-hmm. that, how much Tad thinks Tristan De Silva is a three rather than a four, because we saw him play both last year.
1: Yeah, and I think internally they view Tristan as more of a three, but the thing is, okay, so Evan Batty, Jabari Walker, and you have Lawson Lovering as a center, mm-hmm. and that's it for the traditional big men. Yep. After that, you have to get, again, like – um Tristan Da Silva as a power forward or like Luke O'Brien playing small ball power forward. Those are like, Mm -hmm. those are the guys. No, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I'm just saying (laughs) that if you have a front court, uh, Luke O'Brien is the fifth biggest guy. Like that's a small team. And that's what we've been wanting this whole time. We've wanted them to go small. Like Villanova was so good because they had three guards and then a four who could shoot. Mm. Um and then like just space the floor like Who obviously is this we, we don't... you're
0: talking about
1: you've you've wanted them to go small mm.
0: I've said two point guard lineups but I still want okay,
1: big sure, boys sure, down sure. low fine <laughs> but I mean like yes. Evan Batty Lawson Love ring combos those will work that's not that's not yeah. putting Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert on the same floor. I...
0: I mean, what well, I think what we're going to see the most of next year is Jabari Walker Evan Batty combos, and that's max yeah. height of six nine, and that's still going to work, I think. Yeah, because they no, so, work. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, we'll we'll see if either of them can avoid fouling people, because that's a huge. Because like like I think Jabari Walker was like six point four fouls per forty minutes. Like that that can't happen. Mm-hmm. That's, it was probably higher than that because that was before the NCAA tournament. I saw that stat. Yeah, that dude likes to foul a lot.
0: But you have yeah, to hope the
1: sophomore jump or whatever you want to call it. And Evans, he's still getting whistled for fouls.
0: Uh, I don't know, that's man. That's to our
1: collective chagrin. O- overall,
0: I just am so psyched about the way, like, not even like the class being eighth mm-hmm. overall in the country, which is insane. But just yeah. like the way it fell together, I love all the pieces. I think it's a great backbone for a team. If you look at it next year see gonna have what nine freshmen 10 freshmen because Co- Keyshawn by in his third year is still gonna count as a <laughs> freshman
1: um i think that those guys will be sophomores and if they want a fifth year senior they can have a second senior year later i think that's how we are we're gonna qualify them
0: okay well regardless it, it's a super young okay. team I like how this class fits with each other now that KJ Simpson's in. I like how they fit with the current roster. Um, I think it's just so well – I don't know. It's To me, what this feels like, this class with with now Simpson added, is um, the jump that Florida State took after like mm. 12 years of Leonard Hamilton or whatever it was. And I know that those two – Tab gets compared to Leonard Hamilton a lot kind of within CU basketball circles. Because they've both just been at their spot for a while and chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Um, but I don't remember what class it was. That one class where they got, like, ter- Trey Mann and one of the guard at Florida State. Like, you know, got a really good Trey class. Mann?
1: Terrence, Terrence
0: Mann. Terrence Mann? Is that what I'm
1: thinking of? Yeah, Trey Young is the Florida guard who's in this year's draft. Terrence Mann is currently killing it off the Clippers bench. Okay. That's, That's what I was thinking he of. Is. Yes. So...
0: But there was just a a thing that like clicked after a a certain amount of success he showed, um, where that one class I'm pulling up now just like blew up for Florida State. And ever since then, they've been at a new level. Like their floor was raised. And um, I think that's possibly what's happening. I don't want to be too dramatic, but I think that's possibly what just happened here, especially with how great the. Um, 2022 class is looking early, so I don't know. I'm just so excited that this might be a new f- arena. I also have yeah, the, it's exciting. I have the class pull up. If you want to hear this, you're gonna love this class. Yes, I will. Go okay, ahead. so Florida State in 2014 they had the 58th ranked class and 11th in the a- ACC. Okay. Okay. 2015 class, the next year, the very next year, 11th in the country, fourth in the ACC. You got Chris Kumaji, who is that 7'3 dude, <laughs> okay. Terrence Mann, Malik Beasley, yep. and Dwayne Bacon. Excellent. Isn't that? And it's like, that, that was just like a jump. You know, out of nowhere, he's like, oh yeah, we're just going to start doing this. So then you look at, I don't know, let's look at the next year, 2016 class. They have Jonathan Isaac coming in. They have like you know, crazy dudes. And I just hope that's exactly what's happening here. Trent Forrest, CJ Walker.
1: Yeah, that's a those are really good kids,
0: <laughs> And that uh, was the team that just whooped our ass. I'm just saying, I'm hoping that we're seeing the future. What we saw was the future CU Buffalo team beating the CU team in the tournament this year, you know, like Dr. Strange style. Yeah,
1: I would say, okay, so one thing it's easier to recruit in Florida State. ACC is higher
0: um, value.
1: Also, what makes Florida State so amazing is that they have just a bunch of six foot ten freaks playing on the wing, and then a seven foot three monster on the inside. Um, Also, do you want to take a look at Florida State's next class because they have like two guys who are like seven foot two coming in.
0: I love. I love (laughs) how he just knows exactly what he
1: wants. Uh, uh, Maybe that. Maybe that will be CUA. With all those uh, upper Midwest farm boys. Yeah, we'll just take uh, the, the mountain time. Lawson though. Lovering and Joe Hurlbert. Hurlbert. So I cannot believe yeah. that we have a kid named Joe Hurlbert coming in.
0: It's it's gonna be so fun. <sighs> This is the, yeah. So I guess that I'm just going to have to write an article about this comparison. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. So Leonard Hamilton and Florida State won that way because they know Florida is a ridiculous talent bed. They have access to the ACC prestige. They can just recruit. You know, I'm sure there's other stuff going on that allows them to recruit it the way that they have, just like there might mm-hmm. be other stuff in any college basketball program that's recruiting
1: at a high level. but Lower but, academic standards. And, oh, just kidding. That's not true. <sighs> I, I've, I've seen the out-of-state kids at year.
0: Hey, hey, NCAA Cleaning <laughs> is all that matters. But uh-huh. um, they won their way, and I think they had to at the ACC. You have to like just go at a super high level. I think what I'm looking at is the co- comparison. Florida State's finishing around, what, best years gunning for first in the ACC, but they're finishing around mm-hmm. third or fourth every year. They're in the hunt every year. They're going to win way more than they lose and they're going to get a high C in the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. So I'm saying comparatively, if you take that to the Pac-12... And overall, they don't
1: use one and duns very often. They've only had two
0: and duns. Exactly, yes. I can. Scotty recall. Barnes, right? It's Scotty Barnes of- and then
1: Malik Beasley.
0: So translate that to the Pac-12... You don't need to, and I love the Pac-12, you don't need to recruit at the same level to be third or fourth in the Pac-12 consistently that you do in the ACC, right? ACC has Duke, North Carolina, all these ridiculous programs. Pac-12 is UCLA, and then a rotating cast for second, right? Um, and I think... That
1: was Arizona for a while.
0: Rotating cast. I refuse to give them credit. Um, yeah. Oregon and Arizona, yeah. Okay. Yeah, with USC
1: sometimes, and I don't know. USC is not that good. I agree. So, they, but, but that's they're my just point. not a good program. But they, that's they my point. They don't advertise. They don't. Okay, here. Nobody knew Kevin Porter Jr. went to USC when he blew up. If you ask most Grizzlies fans if they know where D. Anthony Melton went to school, they won't know. That's so bad. They didn't know like, where OJ
0: Mayo went to school, though.
1: Sure, that's because of the scandals. <laughs> Nick Young was there for a while, Taj Gibson. I wouldn't guess the OG right Nikola Vucevic. No way, people think he's gonna. He went to USC. <laughs> Absolutely no way. Washington yeah. State claims Clay Thompson, and everybody knows he went to Washington State. Well, because he's like their only. I know. I'm just saying that they their their brand is not very good.
0: But that's feeding into my point. I think yeah. you don't need to be Florida State level every year to pee in that hunt um, and and get you know a buy every every year in the Pac-12 tournament. Be third or fourth with a maybe potential year in fifth every once in a while if the conference is really strong. And mm-hmm. I think what I'm learning, what I'm seeing in this class is see you getting to that right. What I'm seeing in this class is hopefully this is the start of classes that are st- not this big so not going to be top 10 mm-hmm. but sort of like top 30 recruiting classes top 40 recruiting classes every year um that allow you to just
1: raise that floor you know be a or, buy program yeah raising that floor like even if it's not even top 30 it's like it's better than deleon Brown as the second best player in the class Bryce Peters as the
0: as the most exciting prospect
1: yeah, I wasn't going to mention Bryce Peters because he was actually a really good prospect, but he had mental health issues. Yeah, there was, was problems. Um, but uh, yeah, like like I like seeing it to where you don't have to scrounge around for hidden gems. Um, that you can find those occasionally. Like it sounds like Javon Ruffin was like, he was rated in the three hundreds when he committed to CU, right? And he's risen up to one twenty-two. I know. um, Same with Lawson. Yeah. Lovering was like in the 300s. He was just some random three-star local kid. And then he turns into a top 50 recruit. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, you don't have to rely on those hidden gems, those developmental stories. If you can land really good talent and then you can still develop those players once they're on campus. Like, it's a really, really good
0: player. Like, well, a good, ex- be- yeah, I don't know. A good example of that, right? Josh Scott, it was local, but he's still a really good mm-hmm. player coming in. The best all-time recruit, according to 247, which is post-David Harrison and Chauncey Billups. But, yeah. you know, Josh Scott was promising right away, and then he developed into potentially the best player in the Pac-12 his senior year. And, like, that's what you mm-hmm. can do at CU, is get those guys who are really good, but not one in tons.
1: Yeah, and also, it's like, it's worth noting that CU's. We see this more with football, but when CU would land like a four-star recruit, it was usually there was usually a reason why CU got him, <clears> like because other bigger so schools. So many options. <laughs> were avoiding, yeah. So how many, many
0: examples. Oh my. How God. How many
1: Dan Hawkins, John Embry football players are you thinking of? Because Yuri Wright is uh, a. Yes, Yuri Wright was number one for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Jesus. That was a waste yeah, so, of talent. Yeah, like like I don't know. Like, I don't know why Xavier Johnson didn't go to a bigger school. Um, but like he wasn't super consistent when he
0: went to see you.
1: I'm sure see there's a gonna juice, be man.
0: See you at Juice but, back then, and we still have juice I know, now.
1: I know, but um I think that we've we're more established as a program nowadays. We are like I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this because I know CU had a shit ton of momentum in the, like 2012 ish time. Yeah. But they
0: were still brand new to the national stage.
1: Yeah, they were. And they had like, now it feels like they have real sustained momentum, especially now that they've reached the NCAA tournament again.
0: Yeah. So I think my final thought is we've said this a million times or I'm going to say it one more goddamn time. There, there was a program-ish when Taboil got here, but there really wasn't. And what you're seeing now, like what you mentioned, 2012 was a great – it was a year after they won the Pac-12 tournament to go to the – that class was the year after they won the tournament to go to the NCAAs. And I believe – yes, right? Josh Scott wasn't on that team, right? No. No. So, like, that was a – you could build off of that success. But now you're seeing – Ten years later, the benefits of having a program after ten years, where only one class never played an NCAA tournament, and that's because COVID was canceled, right? Mm-hmm. And only and every single senior that's been a senior at CU has graduated, and like every class has had at least one player play professional ball, right? I think. Uh, maybe every 2015. class fifteen, maybe twenty fifteen is the one that. It no, hasn't. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Not every class because we've had some duds. But and are you counting like Kenan Guzanyan as playing professional ball? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there's that
0: doldrum in the middle, but there's so many professional players that play on the taboil now. And past that, there's a really cool article when Mason Faulkner is saying, you know, Colorado first reached out to him, the first person. That he talked to was McKinley Wright. It wasn't a coach. It wasn't anyone in the current program. It was a guy who just left, and that dude is obviously super successful. Like Mesa Faulkner knows that guy's name just because he followed college basketball, and played it. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you have that kind of thing, where McKinley Wright, outgoing, is saying like, "Yeah, you need to go there. Like, you know, it was the best thing that I could have done." That's I think when you get the creed, the credence, the credibility, the like players you're not just coasting off like well they did really good last year i want to join that rise you're saying like i'm going to if i go here i'm going to go to next play tournament game i'm going to win 20 games a year and i'm going to graduate and that's huge that's huge
1: yeah i'm i like being able to sell people on like this is a place where we develop players into nba caliber athletes or like NBA caliber players, where we can have you be all pack 12 Like, I want to look back at the all pack 12 because it feels like there has been a CU player on pretty much every all Pac-12 list in mm. the past some odd years. Um,
0: I just and also think of the respect. I mean, it, it, the other thing that's great is I'm sure, and I'm not, I have no sources on this, but like I have to imagine that AAU coaches and high school coaches in the region. Tad's been the same dude since he was in 2011 and he's winning with the guys that go to see you from those programs that has to help with mm-hmm. like the, those guys when they're talking to the new high schoolers and they say like, yeah, Tad is the same dude. Like he's going to develop you. He's going to be honest. He's not going to like wow you with whatever, but he's absolutely going to be there for you. And it's like, that has to help. I don't know. That's just me waxing poetic.
1: Yeah, I, I I mostly agree with you. I think that we will see who will play immediately. Like, like we won't know until we get there. We don't know how good Nick Clifford has gotten in the the past year since he kind of or
0: Luke O'Brien.
1: Yeah, who looks good. I would be sad if he ends up transferring. I like him. I think he has a fun personality.
0: Like you mentioned, man, Julian Ham was a 13 man this year, and that guy is like Xavier told 20 minutes a game five years ago, right? So yeah, someone's gonna like. <laughs> there's gonna be dudes like need opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. There just is. That's just how it is. This this in in college
1: basketball. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I don't know. Like, there's just so much we don't know. Like, is Mason Faulkner a good defender? Is he a good team player? Because he played on lo- losing teams his whole career. Um, and that's like, what's is, so
0: fun about this year. I know.
1: Is For the first time, we don't know the personnel.
0: Yeah. For the first time in four is, like, years. Is
1: Keyshawn Bartholomew going to be a good playmaker rather than a good scorer? Like, is his jump shot good? Because he made a lot of jump shots late in the season, but they they didn't look pretty. So I don't know. Interesting. I love his shot, man. It's so fast. Yeah. I think that he shoots a hard ball. Like he shoots it fast. Like the ball is fast when it leaves his hand.
0: Yes. But long rebounds come out of that.
1: Hits the rim really hard. Huh?
0: (laughs) If it hits. Um, the So
1: yeah. Yeah. So I think like that type of deal. Um, I don't know. I don't know like like what like Jabari Walker's strides are. I want to see like I don't even know who's gonna be the primary option. That's crazy. Like we, we just don't know that. Every other team in the Pac twelve, I'm sure, has some idea of who's gonna be the top option. We but we don't know.
0: Hmm. Except for Utah, who has maybe three players in the current roster right now.
1: Yeah. Well one of those guys is the top option.
0: I that you know what I said I'm gonna quit like five minutes ago, but that's my okay, final thought yeah. for all those dumbasses. And I knew some yes. of them were saying this online. They were like, "Why can't Chad just do what Larry Kostoviac did? His offense is gorgeous. He goes to tournament and I'm like look at them now." That's what I'm saying is look at them now. What yeah? What happened there? Well, Jakapernal stopped coming out. Is I think what happened there.
1: I think well, he had- they- good i was gonna say delon Wright, like they they still developed really good guards timmy allen timmy allen sure
0: but it didn't matter like they they could never win games they could never win games
1: you know i was looking up the bob Cousy award delon Wright won that how you know that week of a year that what (laughs) it's like the utah wasn't even that good that year it's crazy i don't know um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of thoughts for now. I, I could go by one B. Like, if there was one player who surprised me, if healthy, it'd be like Javon Ruffin, because he's a like a late bloomer who just kind of fits the pieces together. He would be that size and defense and passing that we both crave. Um, Like, I don't know if you would, like, is there any player you think could break out? Or like, wouldn't surprise you if they won that starting spot, like a McKinley right. Right. So
0: I guess it depends on what you mean by breakout. I th- I think and this might be too obvious, but if he books up a little bit, Tristan De Silva already has Tad's love, and we know mm-hmm. that he's not going to be a negative on either end. And I think yeah. it's a really easy fifth guy to be like, you know, I know you won't mess this up. Get out there. <laughs> I I love the way you play it. I think it's yep. a great
1: team team guy to have. I he he was my. Fifth starter when I penciled this in a few weeks ago, um, but that was under the assumption that CU would be bringing in another big man. Um, but since they're not, that's where I, that's where I am squeamish because if if Lawson Lovering is your only big man on the bench with these two guys who foul the shit out of people, or Evan Batty, yeah, like I'm just worried about Tristan De Silva with that. Like literally, that's my only concern. With Tristan not being able to start, is that CU doesn't have any front court depth without him?
0: Well, because CU is not a basketball sh- school, we're going to definitely talk a lot about this team over the summer. Yeah, especially with the exhibitions, we're hopefully going to bring some guests on.
1: I'm also, I've been following the football team as kind of like I have to. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to know who Valentine Sen is really. Uh, I'd rather be a more hands off. So I'm not going to be, since I'm not going to be like the beat writer this coming fall season, because I'll be in grad school in Denmark. Um, I I think that like this, I think we'll tr- probably transition into mostly basketball and then like surface level football. Cause I, I, I don't know if I can do the deep dives into football.
0: We are called at the buzzer after all.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We, I poached the idea of Espinosa Island as <laughs> but you didn't like it as much as me. If we could get Jason as a guest, as a co-host. I bet we could. He does. He's not up to anything. He just has like a normal job. I'm sure he'd have some fun reliving that. I just, I was still like in my younger days of not really watching football that much. So I don't actually remember the whole Jason Espinoza cult. But I think that if something like that happened today, we we would be the ones to start it. We need to get D.D. Goodson on here. I remember that. Yeah,
0: exactly. We got to get DD on here. Yeah. All
1: right. Um, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I, I was going to talk more about our transition, but that's okay. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> See <All> you. <ya>.
0: Right. <laughs> See you. Boss. 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 Boss.